You're listening to the Deeper Christian Bible Study Series on Ephesians. Thanks for joining me, Nathan Johnson, in an in-depth, verse-by-verse study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Let's dive into the lesson for the day. Welcome to Lesson 9 of the Deeper Christian Bible Study Series in the book of Ephesians. Today we are finishing our study in verse 4. Now again, as a quick just review, Paul is talking in verse 3-14 through 14 of the blessings that we have found in God himself. That God is dumping forth blessings upon us. And every single blessing that he has for us is found in Christ Jesus. Or Jesus fulfills every blessing. Now again, I just want to read verses 3-4 through 4 just to give us an overarching context of where we're heading today. Paul writes this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, in previous studies, we looked at this idea of him choosing us before the foundation of the world, that the purpose of that is to be holy and blameless. And today, I want to look at this idea of before him. Now, again, this idea of chosen or or him choosing you is a simple statement of fact. Hey, this is not up for question. This is not an argument. God has chosen you, that he has hand-selected you. He has has called you and destined you for something. And when did that take place? Before the foundations of the world, that he has looked at you and said, wow, even before I spoke creation into existence, that that I have chosen you and called you. That's phenomenal. And as we talked about last time, the whole purpose of that is for what reason? Well, it's so that you would be holy and without blame. So let's look at these two words really quickly that we talked about last time, this idea of holiness and blamelessness. Now, holiness has this idea of separation or unlike something else. As 1 Peter 1 verse 15 and 16 says, As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. That God is the Holy One, and he is calling you to be like himself. That we are to be consecrated and set apart for God's use alone. That we are to live pure, upright, blameless, virtuous, and holy in this world. And the other idea about this idea of blameless is to be without spot or blemish. It's to be faultless. And again, it's using the imagery from the Old Testament sacrificial system. That they would bring the little animals in and they would scrutinize them and and examine them. Why? Because, hey, we had to present our best to God. And so the sacrifices given unto God were to be blameless and without spot. So they would examine the little animal and say, hey, is there there any blemish in the animal? And you were called, hey, God has called you before the foundations of the world to be holy, to be set apart, to be consecrated, and to be without spot, blemish, or sin. I read this last time, but Jude verse 24 says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless or blameless before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy. Do you realize it is him and his work that is bringing this about in our lives? Now, Paul says all this is taking place before him. Now, it's interesting that there's actually two words before in our passage. One of them says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. And the other one is that we should be holy and and without blame before him. Now, interestingly, there are actually two different Greek words. See, that first word before, that you were chosen before the foundation of the world, is the Greek word pro. It's just a simple preposition. 
And it's typically translated before. And it's used, you know, several times throughout the New Testament. But the second word for before, this idea of to be holy and blameless before him, it's an adverb and it's only used five times in the New Testament. Now, not sure I'm going to be able to pronounce this correctly, but it's the Greek word katanopion. And it's this idea of over and against or before the face of or in the presence of or in the sight of. And the Greek word actually is two Greek words kind of shoved together. It's the kata, which is the against, and it's the word before. So literally, it's the in the face of or having something before your eyes. So let me give you two ideas that this word suggests. So God has chosen you before the foundations of the world, that before he spoke creation into existence, hey, you were chosen before that point. But the second word for choosing, or for the second word for before, <clears throat> gives a whole different picture. And I, I love this. So let me just give you two ideas with this idea of before. One is the idea of the courtroom. Uh, imagine this picture. Here's God, who is the judge. And he's looking down from his chair, looking down, and in this high and lifted up position, he sees the totality of the case and he's going to pass judgment. Uh, here you are. You're this little animal brought before the, the, the judge and he is going to scrutinize you and he's going to judge you based on what? Well, are you holy and unblemished? That just as the little animals were looked to see if there was any spot or blemish, so God is looking and you are standing before him and he's looking down and he's examining whether or not there is any spot or impurity or sin in your life. Do you realize you do not have a choice of whether you're going to stand before the judge? See, everyone's going to stand before the judge. Every knee is going to bow. See, our choice is the quality of our lives. Is my life, is your life going to be one of righteousness, of holiness and blamelessness or is our lives going to be marked by sin, defeat, depravity, destruction, dishonor, and death? So again, the first idea is here's a judge, and he's really looking down, and I'm standing before the judge, and he's scrutinizing whether or not I am with sin or I'm, I'm holy and without blame. See, he's looking, he's analyzing, and he's going to pass judgment. It's the idea of before him. But that same word has this, has this idea contained within it, is, it's the idea of not just standing before and being scrutinized. It's this idea of cleansing. See, it's when I stand before him. And see, it's when I get nose to nose with the king that I become holy and, un and unblemished. Oh, get this idea. Holiness, for whatever reason in our culture, has become negative. See, holiness is all about what you can't do. But see, that's not what scripture says. See, in Scripture, holiness is not a negative, it's a positive. See, it's not a separation from something, it's a separation unto someone. See, holiness in Scripture is not what you don't get to do. In Scripture, holiness is, woo, this is what I get to do. <clears throat> do, do you realize that, uh, that Jesus shares the nature and the burning passion of God? Oh, do you realize that He is holy? And, and, and if I embrace this reality, I become holy. Think about this. If, if, if my focus of holiness is negative, if it's all about, well, I don't get to do that. Oh, I'm supposed to be holy. I guess I got to give that up. That exposes where you're at. But rather, if it's like, woo, I get to be holy. God himself is holy. He is making me holy. He's drawing me up into holiness. If that was true, if I began to see that 
as my reality of holiness. Wow, this is a positive. I can't wait. That that reveals where I'm at. So let me give you two quick ideas about this idea of cleansing. See, as I stand before the judge and I am before him, somehow it's when I'm nose to nose. It's that idea. It's before his face is that word before. Hey, when I'm nose to nose before his face, that's when I find myself becoming holy and without blemish. So really quick, two quick ideas with that. Number one, it's the oneness which produces and reveals the holiness. Uh, one day, here's this man. He had a whole bunch of sheep. And uh, they were grazing, and he comes up upon this, this ridge. And he'd been there many times. I mean, he'd been doing sheep for about 40 years. And, and one day, he'd been up there, you know, countless times. But this one day, he was there yesterday. But on this one day, this bush began to burn. And he thought it was kind of strange. So he went over to see and investigated. And uh, a voice speaks through the bush and says, Moses, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. Now, if I was Moses, I would have looked at the bush and said, excuse me, I was here yesterday. It was not holy ground. Uh, I've got a bunch of sheep and sheep eat and they do stuff. And look, look at the ground. It's not holy. See, what changed? See, no doubt Moses had been on the mountain several times. But what had changed? God showed up. See, the one who is holy showed up in a place and suddenly that place where Moses was standing was holy ground. And then a neat thought. You realize that whenever God shows up, whatever he's around becomes holy. So what would happen if God showed up in my life? Do you realize that I cannot be holy in and of myself? That the only holiness that exists is a transcendent holiness. In other words, God himself is the Holy One. There is no holiness outside of him. Well, you just told me I'm I'm to be holy as he is holy. I know. Which tells me that the only way that I'm going to be holy is when I derive my holiness from him. See, we hear the idea of holiness and see, we're like, wow, I I actually love my sin and I try not to participate in it. Why? Because God doesn't like it. He's holy. All right, I'll do my best. I'll, I'll try not to love my sin, but I love my sin. Do you realize that the idea of true holiness is that we are to hate what he hates and we are to love what he loves? Well, I, I can't do that. I love what I love and I hate what I hate. See, what would happen if I so embraced the one who is holy to the point that he would change my likes to dislikes and dislikes to likes? The thing, the sin that I love I find myself having a hatred for. And that other, the religious stuff, the, the intimacy, the holiness, the oneness that I've just kind of always had, eh, not interested. See, what if I could embrace the one who is holy and in the embrace, he takes the sin that I've loved and he makes it, I just don't, I don't like it anymore. And the stuff I didn't like, wow, I'm starting to have a love for. See, what would it look like if the one who is holy that I would have oneness with the one who is holy and that would produce holiness in my life. I, I love this idea in the Chinese underground church. They often say, they have this statement that says, real gold fears no fire. See, if you're true, pure gold and you're thrown in the fire, hey, you might melt down, but you realize that you'll be fine. It's only when you're not pure gold that you have all the defilement and impurities within, your, within the gold that you begin to fear the fire. Why? Because when the fire rages and you go in and you melt and all that impurities rises to the top, you are exposed. 
See, what would happen if I would so embrace the one who is holy that he would just begin to remove and remove and remove all the defilement, all the impurity, all the junk, and in so doing, wow, I would find myself real gold. Which means, hey, bring the fire on. It doesn't bother me. Why? Because he has already purged all that junk. So again, the first idea is that oneness produces, the oneness with the holy God produces and reveals that holiness. But here's part two. That holiness that I embrace begins to define my life. How, how do people describe or define you? What's interesting is biblically, you are not defined by what you do, but by who you are. But get this, who you are is going to determine what you do. So think about this. Here is God. He is the Holy One. I cannot be holy outside of Him. In fact, the best that I can pull off, the best that I can produce out of my own ability is but filthy rags. See, I, I have no righteousness. I have no holiness within me. But what would happen if the one who is holy would get so tight in my life that the one who is holy, I find my holiness derived from Him. See, what if I could get so intimate with Jesus that what began to define my life wasn't me, it was him. That you don't notice me, you begin to notice him. You begin to see his holiness. You begin to see his life. You begin to see his very nature flowing in and through me. See, this is not about doing holy things. Rather, this is about embracing a holy God who makes me holy. Did you know that if you found out all the right things to do and you did them all, you would still die and go to hell? Why? Because this is not about doing certain things. It's about a change of nature. That the reality of the Christian life isn't just like, well, yeah, I do. You know, I go to church on Sunday. I pay my tithe. I, I do this. I do that. See, that's not the Christian life. Yeah, those are going to come out of your life. But you realize that doesn't define you. What defines you? Oh, the person. And as I embrace the one who is holy, I find myself becoming holy. And as I find myself becoming holy, that's going to change what I do. And yes, I may have activities in my life, but my life is not defined by the activities. The activities are defined by what's on the inside. So, so get this idea. Paul is saying, you are chosen. Hey, that you are not an accident. You are not a mistake. That God has selected you. In fact, even before he spoke creation into existence, you were on his mind. And you were chosen in Christ. Well, why? To be holy, set apart, consecrated, blameless, without spot, blemish. Hey, sin's not to define you. Well, how's that going to take place? Well, before him. See, I'm going to be standing before the judge and he's going to be scrutinizing my life to say, hey, is there anything in your life that shouldn't be there? And I don't know about you, but oh, there is stuff in my life that, that needs to be removed. Well, how's that going to be removed? <gasps> I need to be nose to nose with Jesus. See, it's before him, when I'm in his sight, when I'm smack dab in the middle of his face, hey, when we are tight together, it's in the embrace, it's in that tightness, it's in that standing together before him that I find that his nature becomes my own, that he, the blameless, the holy, perfect, righteous one, begins to share his nature and begin to change my life. That all my blemish, all my sin, all my impurity, all my selfishness, all my, all my, all my begins to be removed. Why? Because I've embraced the one who is holy. And as I embrace the one who is holy, oh, not only do I find myself becoming holy, but he begins to change my life. I'm defined by his 
holiness. What an amazing reality. Do you realize that you and I do not have to try to be a Christian? You and I don't have to grit our teeth and try to pull off the Christian life. You and I need to embrace the one who is holy. As we embrace him, he will make us holy and blameless before him in love. Now, next time we're going to be looking at that phrase in love, found at the very end of verse 4. Now, some translations put this at the end of our passage, that he, he called you before the foundations of the world in Christ to be holy and blameless before him in love. And other translations put that as the beginning of verse 5. So it's kind of this bridge between verse 4, verse four and verse 5. And I would encourage you to join me in studying this little phrase, in love, and we'll talk about it in our next lesson. And thanks for joining me for today's study. If you'd like to see an outline of the study or read a commentary version of the passage, you can do so by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians 09 for lesson nine. And if you want to see all the lessons, you can go to deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians. Well, until next time, know I am cheering you on as you embrace the Holy One and build your life around Him. See you then. Thank you for listening to this study from the book of Ephesians with Nathan Johnson. If you would like additional resources to help you build your life around Jesus Christ, I encourage you to check out my website at deeperchristian.com. This podcast is the audio version taken from my video series in Ephesians. And if you would like to view the video version of this study, you can do so at deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians.